Welcome to Breitbart News Daily, our shortened version of the three-hour show that we do on SiriusXM Patriot every single day, but I'm grateful you're here. Uh, coming up in a minute, we're going to talk to Nigel Farage, who was debanked by the biggest, most uh, illustrious bank in London, the Bank of the Royals, debanked because he is a, a terrible, terrible person. So we'll talk with him in just a minute. But first, our opening segment leading into that was about the Boy Scouts. And just as a metaphor for the difference between progress and restoration. National Jamboree in West Virginia. It's the big, big national Boy Scout event. Little background of the Boy Scouts. They Boy Scouts came out of the muscular Christianity movement of the early 1900s, sort of like the YMCA. They're not explicitly a Christian organization, but they are. On my honor, I will do my best to do my duty to God and my country. Reverence to God is one of their 12 mottos or goals. And then in tw- it was 100 years. And then in 2015, they allowed gay scout leaders. And then in 2019, they allowed girls, which makes no logical sense at all. It makes no sense unless the goal is to deconstruct and destroy. If your goal is to deconstruct and destroy, then it makes perfect sense why you would allow girls into the boy scouts, even though you already have the girl Scouts. And now at the Jamboree, they had a giant pride tent. And the Washington Post is celebrating the popularity of the LGBTQ tent at the Boy Scout Jamboree. Decorated with a canopy of LGBTQ pride flags and a string of multicolored lights, its tables covered with bowls of rainbow bracelets, pronoun stickers, and diversity patches. What a sign of our times. In 2013, there were 40,000 people who went to the Boy Scout Jamboree. Now there are 13,000. Membership in the Boy Scouts has been cut more than half. In 2019, not not long ago, a couple years ago, there were 1.97 million Boy Scouts. Today, there are 762,000. More than half gone. What a shame that the boys couldn't even keep the girls out of it. The Boy Scouts couldn't even keep the girls out of it. They couldn't even remain a place where boys can be around other boys, led by men. It's so important to have boys, boy-only spaces. You add girls to the mix, it changes everything. What we've taken away from our boys, it's, it's such a shame. And it's not just Boy Scouts, of course. There's many other examples, but this is a great metaphor for it all. Now, the Washington Post says that the, fa- the fact that membership has gone down in the Boy Scouts is a good thing. Because Scouts within the ranks, those who have remained, seized the moment to press for a focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Oh, goody. A collective dubbed Scouts for Black Lives 
successfully pushed the organization to commit to a slate of projects, including a new diversity merit badge required for Eagle Scout rank. Here's, here's the Washington Post. Paige Morgan is one of the volunteers at the Community Space for Girls. The 19-year-old also identifies as bisexual and has been glad to see the neighboring LGBTQ community space. I know the people that are coming through here like trans, non-binary youth, the queer youth, and having a great time seeing themselves represented in a space that they love so much. This is scouting. Oh, it's so sad. I, I spoke at a, a couple, when I was in San Diego, a couple of Eagle Scout award dinners. And you're like, oh, man. it's Maybe the good news is that a bunch of other legitimate alternatives have popped up since the Boy Scouts demise. So I guess that's good. One of the, and this kind of ties into Nigel a little bit because it's an example of woke. It's just another woke company. One of the board members, he was the president from 2016, to 2018. They, they do two year stints as the president is Randall Stevenson. He was the CEO of AT&T until two years ago. Um, very left guy, of course, the at in Texas and they supported the, the trans bills and school and all this stuff. He had this quote on his wall. He gave a speech at one of the big events, and he told the story of this quote he has on his wall from the former secretary of the VA. And the quote is, if you don't like change, if you don't like change, you're going to like irrelevance even less. So you have to change or else you'll become irrelevant is the point. Of course, every progressive will love that, but I could not disagree with that, <laughs> with that quote more. Look at all the changes that the Boy Scouts have made. Just pedal to the metal changes, like fundamental transformational changes. And now they may not even exist. Forget about your relevance. They may not even be a thing anymore. They may completely go away. Their membership down 60%. They, a couple more years, they're just completely gone. Why? Because of the change. So this guy's like, you got to change or else you're going to disappear. Mm, you guys may disappear because you change. That is such a dumb quote, but that's such a quote that progressives would love because it's just progress. We've got to prog progress. We've got to progress. Always, always progress. Always progress. You're always constantly moving, changing, different. It's like, no, sometimes things need to stay the same and even more than stay the same because almost everything has already changed. Some things in life, we need to look further back and restore. We need to restore what was. Forget progress. We need restoration. Check out, look, look at how things have changed. This is the, uh, these are the mottos. This is an example. These are the mottos for the Jamboree events. And what, what an example of where we are as a country. In 1950, the motto was strengthen liberty. That's nice. In uh, 1953, the motto was forward on liberty's team. 1957, onward for God and my country. 1964, strengthen America's heritage. I like that. That's a good theme. But there's a lot of great events going on in that, in that jamboree. Strengthen America's heritage. What a great slogan for the Boy Scouts. Great, great theme for that week's, that year's jamboree. Strengthen America's heritage. You want to know what the, the mottos are now? 2013, go big, get wild. We went from onward for God and my country to go big, get wild. That is an organization that has lost its purpose. 
Oh, they've changed. They've changed, there's no question. 2022, their motto was forward. Now, in 1953, it was telling you where we were going forward to. We're going forward on Liberty's team. Onward for God and country. Today, it's just forward. Forward to what? Well, you can swing by the LGBTQ tent. Find out for yourself. What a shame. Let me give you another story. Just get off my chest and we'll get to Nigel. I know this is like a week old. Uh, but this is Congresswoman Nancy Mace from South Carolina. She's speaking here at the National Prayer Breakfast. This is a Christian event. It's the National Prayer Breakfast, a Christian event. Here she is. Together, Another year, another standing room only event. And when I woke up this morning at 7, I was getting picked up at 7.45. Patrick, my fiance, tried to pull me by my waist over this morning in bed. And I was like, no, baby, we don't got time for that this morning. Uh, I got to get to the prayer breakfast. And I got to be on time. And a little TMI. But um, I, he'll, he can wait. He's got, we got, I'll see him later tonight. Um, but I would. That was her. She decided that that was going to be her planned opening joke at the national prayer breakfast. That her husband wanted her fiance, 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 fiance. She's been divorced twice. This is her fiance wants to wanted to have some premarital sex this morning, but she said no, no, not now. Later, later we'll have some premarital sex. And she decided she decided. To just throw in a, you know, a little throwaway line about unrepentant sexual sin at the National Prayer Breakfast. That's all. And I think it was Steve Deese who said the Republicans can't even pander right. You're not even good panderers. At least the Democrats, sure they don't believe like any of the things they stand for here. Uh, politically, uh, most, but, but they'll pander well. So I don't know. Is it better to be a godless Democrat? At least you're not lying about it. What's, what's, what's worse? To deny Christianity altogether? Fine, at least okay, I know where you stand. Or to use Christianity as a campaign slogan. And just not, you're, not even, you're not even close and don't even care. Like to get up and make a mockery of God at the prayer breakfast is pretty bad. But there's a line attributed to John Calvin. He said, when God wants to judge a nation, he gives them wicked rulers. Listen, you know, I'm not saying everyone's got to be a Christian. You don't have to be a Christian, whatever. But why are you at the National Prayer Breakfast? <laughs> like, and if you're not a Christian, it's fine. I have a, I have a separate podcast, if, if you are, where we talk about this stuff specifically. But this is just a data point as to where we are on a country, as a country, and where the church is, where the church is as an influence in our culture. They've been expunged from the Boy Scouts, that's for sure. But it's now completely out of every aspect of our culture. You know that, and it's even Christian Christianity is even out of Christian culture. That the, do you know the number one song right now in the Christian music charts? The number one song in the Christian music charts is from a drag queen, Flamey Grant. 
a man who dresses in drag from his new album, Bible Belt Baby. One song is called Boys Will Be Girls. I'm a singing, this is the number one Christian song. I'm a singing, songwriting drag queen named after arguably the most successful Christian artist of all time, Amy Grant. In my house growing up, we were only allowed to listen to Christian gospel music. So as a closeted queer kid, Amy Grant was my version of an inspirational diva. And there is this embracing of this guy dressing as a woman in the Christian music world. And this, this, this thinking has already infected so many churches. And it's just a matter of time before. I mean, it was just a matter of time. That, that's the point of all this, by the way. I, can't, I cannot say this any louder. You're going to hear Nigel Farage in just a moment uh, speak with, with similar passion about the point. What is the ultimate objective of the debanking movement that he has become the latest victim of? And I'm telling you that the ultimate objective of all the deconstructionist forces we see in our country, the ultimate goal is to destroy the Christian church. All of this is rooted in Marxism. And everything is an offshoot of Marxism. Black Lives Matter, Marxist organization, all of it. The main goal is to destroy the church. That is their, their final victim, the final pounce when they are ready. That is the last thing they're going to take down and they're going to destroy it. And they've already marched through it. They are ready. They have infected it. Did you see the two sailors yesterday who got arrested for giving American military secrets to China? Two, two different sailors, two different instances. Two Chinese guys infiltrated the American military and gave, now I don't know if like their purpose of, in, of getting in the military was to b- betray us or if they were there and just happened to sell out to the China. I don't exactly know, but I think you put these people in jail forever, right? Isn't that the punishment to, for betraying the U.S. military and giving military secrets to China? I'm pretty sure you should go to jail forever for that, if not worse. That's the, like, one of the worst things you can possibly do. But the march through the institutions is even more profound than that. And they've marched through the church completely. Patrice Colors, if your church embraces Black Lives Matter, watch out. Patrice Colors, the founder of Black Lives Matter, she grew up Jehovah's Witness and she had some bad experiences and she hates Christianity. And she's uh, since embraced this like Nigerian cult religion. But it doesn't, it's not even just her specific. It, that's, that's what Marxism is. It is all about destroying the church. Think about it. If the, if the goal of the left is to make people woke, awake, and Karl Marx says that the, the Christianity is the opium of the masses, you, you, can't, you have to get rid of the church to wake people up. The church is making people go to sleep. The church is closing people's eyes. So we need to eliminate the church so that they can be awoken to the injustices and everything else around. And the goal from the left is not just to attack the church from the outside, because that probably won't work that would probably make it stronger the goal is to infiltrate it from within and they have been wildly successful over the last few decades wildly successful the fact that nancy mace and listen, nancy mace can do whatever she wants i don't like it's fine but the fact that she thinks she's christian enough or i don't know people i guess people think She's Christian enough to have been invited to the national prayer breakfast. Like that, you with me on that one? Like, hmm, we need a speaker 
at the National Prayer Breakfast. Who should we get? Oh, well, let's get Nancy. Huh? So the fact that she was even invited to speak and the fact that she thinks she's Christian enough to have said yes (laughs) and then get up there and make that joke. The church is so weak, she may not even know what the Bible says about premarital sex, which is my point. That's how weak the church has become. She may go to church every Sunday. I don't know, but she doesn't know the premarital sex is a problem (laughs) to the point where you can get up and, and joke about it. You want to know how weak the Christian church is right now? Christianity is in America. The Christian music world is embracing the drag queen because inclusivity. Again, just on Nigel, the bank that debanked him said that we are debanking him because of inclusivity. <laughs> like, wait, wait on. You're excluding in the name of include what? So about the drag queen, someone wrote on Twitter, they said, if you're wondering the end goal of the deconstruction movement in the church, then look no further. And this drag queen wrote back, end goal, baby, we're just getting started. They know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. Do we? They have the game plan. They know the goal. They know the insurrection plans. Most people are totally clueless to it. And will be until it's too late. I think it was on Monday we talked about the importance of love and truth. And I was just curious, like when did love, when did loving someone become, oh, you just let them do whatever they want, whenever they want, however they want, no matter how self-destructive it is. And I just, I just have to let them do it because I love them. And just... Like, huh? Well, listen, I got to support their uh, removal of their breasts because uh, I love this person. Huh? That doesn't make any sense. What are you talking about? It's love and truth. You need both. Truth is love. Love is truth. They are the same. You need to do both. And we did a whole thing, lots of examples of it. Supporters of this drag queen, number one on the Christian charts, once she he was attacked, said she comes back with an army of love. Oh, don't you, how dare you go after my favorite drag queen Christian singer. But once you do, she's going to come back with an army of love. See, it's just love. No truth. And if the word truth is ever uttered, then it's always just my truth. Never the truth. Who are you to say? So all truth is relative, says this deconstructionist movement. All truth is relative. And if all truth is relative, then all justice is relative. Ireland, an 18-year-old, filmed himself raping a 10-year-old, then trading the films, the movies, videos online in exchange for other abuse material. And he was charged in Ireland, at least he was charged with a crime, seven years in prison. I don't know how it works in Ireland, but in America, that would be two years max. Max two years. Now, not only did he do a terrible thing to a 10-year-old, but then traded it online. And this isn't, you know, some people maybe make an excuse, well, if he was 18 and his girlfriend was 17. Should that be, uh, should that be considered a crime? If that, that, no, 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 no. Well, he was only 18, so he's still kind of a child himself. And 
Did he really know the foot? Yep, 18. That's an adult. Sorry, slammer for life. Oh, that's so unfair. Talk to the 10-year-old. Because not only did he do it, he then traded online for more abuse from other like-minded pedophiles. Now, in a sane world, in a world founded in Judeo-Christian values, this person would be given the harshest of penalties. And the debate we'd be having in this country is life in prison or death penalty. And that's a great debate. I, I love that debate. It's one of the first shows we ever did here when I was filling in was, was the death penalty conversation. It's a fine conversation to have, very proper debate. Instead, this guy will be out in two years. Doing it again, surely. We have completely lost our way. Ask, check out, go to the Boy Scouts Jamboree to see how much we've lost our way. You want to go? You want to go? Like if you could teleport back in time to the 1935 Boy Scouts Jamboree and then the 2023 Boy Scouts Jamboree, you will be living on different planets. And you maybe, oh, well, yes, Slater, the technology will be different. No, no, no. Go to the 1965 Boy Scouts Jamboree versus today's Boy Scout Jamboree. You're on different planets. These are not slightly different cultures. These are totally different worlds. We've totally lost our way. We'll never find it in D.C. We've lost our way politically, surely, but politics is downstream of culture. And we get the politicians we deserve. We have to fix our culture, and the politics will take care of itself. And to lead into Nigel coming up next, this is my big concern with freedom of speech. We have pretty good, I mean, we have great freedom of speech laws in America, and the Supreme Court has done a really good job of upholding those laws. It's the cultural belief in freedom of speech that's the problem. Just saw polls like last week of young, oh, no, no, no. Well, there's a couple polls. It's, but the point is young people don't believe in freedom of speech to the point where there was a survey of college students and it was like 83% of liberal or progressive college students think that professors should be disciplined for unpopular speech or how they call it harmful, right? But, the, but it was, and you're like, okay, progressives. Like, it was 55% of conservative students said that young people need to be, or that, that professors need to be disciplined for unpopular speech. 55% of conservatives. Well, what hope do you have now? What hope is there now for our culture? And then once the culture of freedom of speech disappears, then the laws will break down eventually too. Because we just don't believe in it. We don't think it's a value. Europe's already ahead of the game with us as seen by what has happened to Nigel Farage and people being debanked. Daily. Let's go right to our big interview of the day with the great Nigel Farage. Mr. Farage, how are you, sir? Yes, hello. Good morning. Well, you're absolutely right. You see, in the modern world, actually, having a bank account is just as important as having water and electricity coming into your home. It is absolutely essential to carry on living. So really, you know, cancelling bank accounts, it's the ultimate form of cancel culture. You become a non-person and... They did this to me, and the reason that I blew the whistle on it is because I realized it was happening to so many other people. The march through our banks and, and much of our corporate sector of the so-called ESG uh, agenda or the diversity and inclusion agenda uh, means that 
financial institutions that we thought were there to take our deposits and then to lend out to people in mortgages um, have now become politically highly active. And I was cancelled. You know, I managed to get the data from the bank. Um, I was cancelled because... I did not align with the bank's values. I mean, talk about Orwellian. Um, and it's not just been happening to me. Uh, we've seen examples in America recently uh, of organizations, Mercola being a very good example, uh, an organization, legitimate business, legal, everything, but who didn't particularly uh, agree with vaccine mandates, etc. And they've been closed down. So this is a really big battle. And I've I've spoken up on it. Uh, a lot of people have come out in support of it. Interestingly, the support has been very, very cross-party. It's, it's, it, in a sense, if you believe in freedom, it's a non-partisan issue. Of course. Um, so that's on, the, that's on the sort of political side of it. On the practical side of it, there are lots of businesses out there that still take cash. You know, someone's running a fish stall or whatever it may be, and they still take cash. And they go to their local bank that's if a branch that exists, to pay the cash in. And increasingly, the banks are saying, we don't want your business if you're paying in cash because, you know, you, the local window cleaner, could be the front for a Colombian drug gang. Um, and I really do genuinely fear that we've got a, a really relentless drive now towards a cashless society, towards central bank digital currencies, where our lives will be completely controlled. So I think now is a very good moment to stand up, shout, and fight back. Mm. Well, listen, Nigel, they, they, the banks would never cancel, debank a normal person, but the Reputational Risk Committee found that you are a disingenuous <laughs> grifter, a xenophobic mm. chauvinist with racist views. You mm. support evil insurrectionists like Donald Trump, and I don't even know if I can say his name out loud or if I get kicked off the radio, Novak Djokovic, and you're a Putin yes. stooge. So clearly, clearly, this is just for the really, really bad people, Nigel, not the normal people. Yes, yes, and worse still, and this is very serious, I accept, I retweeted a joke of Ricky Gervais's. I mean, mm. can you believe it? No. Can you believe it? Can you believe how, how, how awful I am? I mean, this just goes to show these people are, these, these people who are, into the ESG agenda, the modern wokies. Uh, I mean, they are just filled with a sort of almost a hatred of, of, of people who don't subscribe to their worldview. But, you know, the argument I've been making over here is if they can do it to me, sure. they can certainly do it to you. And what we do know is that the British clearing banks are now working with some of the credit agencies to put in place word checks on the social media accounts of their customers. Wow. So you can see the direction. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. This is really, this is, we are literally on the verge of this happening. So we really, really, really have to start shouting. And I have to say I'm very pleased with one thing, and that is that in response to this, the British Prime Minister and the British Chancellor of the Exchequer and junior uh, Treasury ministers have actually responded uh, very quickly. Uh, to this, to this sort of loud protest that yeah, I've made, um, and they got on, they got onto our regulator yesterday to say, look, it is against the law to close bank accounts just on the basis of people's opinions. So, you know, when government talks, 
you're, you know, you're halfway towards something of a solution. We just need a bit more than talk. We just need action. But, but I promise you, this really has this this debate that I've that, that I've kicked off. It really has lit something of a fuse, and I'm I'm actually quite hopeful that we can get something to change. I'm thinking of as I'm just haunted by the the chilling effect of someone on their computer wanting to write a tweet or it could, an email, right? All your emails are viewed, right? Mm-hmm. You want to write an email to someone, you're like, I don't know if I should because artificial intelligence owned by the bank will scan what I write and it may trigger some uh, cancellation. My, all, my, all my money might be taken away from me if I send this out. That is haunting. And you mentioned the people who are on this yeah. now, right? The finance minister, Jeremy Hunt, among others. And, and that's good that they're saying this is a problem and they're investigating it. But shouldn't they have been ahead of this? Oh, well, government's never ahead of anything, is it? I mean, you know, <laughs> government tends to be... Government tends to be a lot more reactive than proactive. Mm. Um, I think government was aware of this problem, but didn't know quite how. Mm. Was frightened to mention anything that could be seen as culture wars for fear that out at them. So I think they were aware there was a problem, but I think my speaking out has given them cover to act. That's really Mm. how I see it. You so you started this this website or this a, a place where people can come and be like oh yeah I've been debanked too has anyone else come forward? Yes. Yeah, I got thousands, thousands and thousands in the first few days. Of people have come forward to say they've been debanked. Um, you know, a whole host of reasons. Um, one because one particular one because he didn't agree with his bank um, putting huge LGBT messages over the front window of the building. Um, he was debanked. Um, other people who've gone in and tried to put in a check and get some cash out, and they say, "Well, what do you want? The, you know, what do you want the money for?" And so, "Well, it's Whoa. my money." Yeah, but what do you want it? But what do you want it for? Well, what the hell's it got to do with you? Wow. That is a now that is now that is now abuse of staff. So the account gets closed. Um, uh, yeah, there's, there's a whole host of reasons. But interestingly, uh, people in legal professions having their bank accounts closed, people, for example, involved in the gun trade having their bank accounts closed, uh, um, people involved um, with the countryside hunting movement um, having their bank accounts closed. Um, you know, How long is it before, I don't know, a farmer, let's say, gets his bank account closed because suddenly vegans have taken over the reputational risk committee, you know? So yeah, you know, I'm building up a big database of people and we're going to club together. And I hope, you know, we're going to be a very, very powerful lobby. Oh, that's great. Well, the, the farmers could definitely, we could definitely find a way for that. They're, uh, they're violating their, um, their carbon allotment. They're, they're exceeding their carbon allotment. Um, maybe they're cattle ranchers and the cows are emitting too much methane. They have too many cows per acre or whatever. Like that's mm. very easy for yeah. them to justify that. Um, and on gun purchases yeah. already yeah. here in yeah. America, PayPal, uh, Square, and uh, one of Stripe, uh, they don't allow gun purchases. And those are the digital kind of credit card companies, if you will. Mm. Uh, so we're already down mm. that road mm. a little mm. bit here. And that's the easy one, right? Guns. Those are, those are the really bad people. So what do those people do? What do normal people do? It's one thing for Nigel Farage who has a platform. And I'm almost in a way, sorry to say this to you, glad that you were debanked so we can stop this sooner. <laughs> I'm sorry to do that too. I know it's been I hell. It. Uh, but what, what do these normal people do that the stories you've heard? Well, it's very difficult for them. Most of them, most of them, not all, 
but most of them are able to go to other banks um, and perhaps when they apply, not quite tell the truth um, and then get up, which is a terrible thing to say, um, and get other accounts. But there are some people who've been shut out of the system entirely um, and they then effectively have to rely you know, on family members um, looking after their financial business for them. Um, you know, it's, um, it, I, mean, I mean, a lot of lives and a lot of businesses have been ruined through the practices of our banks over the course of the last couple of years. Uh, and I, you know, I mean, look, I'm always the optimist, aren't I? You know, I always fight impossible campaigns. I mean, after all, Britain was never going to leave the European Union. I mean, no, 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 that would never happen. But you know what it did? Um, and, this, and this crusade is to take politics and subjective judgments out of banking. And, and I don't know, I think I've got half a chance of winning. Yeah, so... Here in America, we have the freedom of speech laws that are in the books, and that's good. Um, I worry we're losing the the cultural value of freedom of speech and the understanding of it and the importance of it and all that stuff. I think that's that's gone. It's just a matter of time before the old people who really believe it are gone and the young people who don't are fully in charge. Uh, credit me for wrong that Europe doesn't really even have the laws that we do when it comes to freedom of speech uh, and, and maybe not even the value. No. Either. No, we, I mean, you know, you have the First Amendment, which is a very, very powerful thing, um, as uh, I've no doubt we'll find in this uh, in this Trump most recent Trump indictment. Ultimately, mm, yeah. uh, we don't actually have that, um, and many other European countries don't really, if we're being honest about it, have a great democratic tradition. But we in the United Kingdom do uh, have that tradition of democracy, and so for us, free speech isn't enshrined in our law. But it's always been accepted as good practice, if you see what I mean. Mm -hmm. um, and what we just have to do is to get that reestablished as that is the principle. And ultimately, if Jeremy Hunt, the Chancellor, if Jeremy Hunt, the Chancellor, really wanted to act, the ultimate power is he could take away people's banking licenses. So the government does ultimately have some muscle here. Take us down the dystopian path if we don't. If, if Nigel Farage never got debanked and this never got the attention it needed, yeah. and if Jeremy Hunt and the rest weren't like, yeah. oh, yeah, you know, this is a problem, yeah. and central bank digital currency becomes well, a thing, T take us a few steps down the road of what that life looks like for someone. Yeah. So we in the UK will be introducing a digital pound in 2030. It will be in partial form to begin with. Um, sure. At the moment, the government are recruiting and employing people to develop that CBDC. Uh, ultimately, if that's where we go, then the government controls literally everything we do. Literally everything we do. Um, you try and book an aeroplane ticket. No, 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 no. You can't do that. You've had two flights already this year. Your carbon allowance is used up. Um, you say something on a social issue uh, that is um, not, not, not approved of uh, by the central bank. Um, you, you know, your account is suspended for a couple of weeks, but it's okay because you can go online and publicly confess to the terrible things and the sins that you've done and how repentant you are, and then your account will be unfrozen. And that is the Communist Chinese Party's social credit model operational in that country today. If we don't stop this, that is where we're going. We were just talking the other day about cameras and streetlights here in America to stop crime, Nigel. 
And people's argument for it is like, oh, Slater, come on. We, they, they can already track us anywhere and everywhere we go already. And similar with money, Nigel, oh, come on. The credit card companies already know everything you spend, all your money. What's the problem? What, what's the big deal? Because it's going to help. It's going to stop money laundering. And that's what they said about you. That was the first excuse about you, right? It's like, oh, you just got caught up in a money laundering yep. check. Um, no big deal. And obviously that wasn't true. Um, but what's the big deal? They already know how we spend our money, Nigel. Come on. Well, I mean, we are over-surveilled already. And, and from what I can see, the more surveillance we're put under, um, I haven't seen any reduction in money laundering. I've seen no reduction in street violence. Uh, <laughs> you know, all I see with um, with a state where we're, where we're constantly photographed and spied on is, you know, people getting speeding tickets for driving down the road for, for you know, so it's basically it's the innocent that get hit by this stuff and yeah. the guilty don't get hit by it anyway. Um, I think, you know, this is where cash comes in, isn't it? You know, I mean, we should be allowed to spend cash. We should be allowed uh, to make sure that these big companies can't track us everywhere we go. I would argue we're already way further down the path of control and surveillance that we need to be. Um, Let's not go any further. I saw a video of a guy in England and he went into a store and he put a he put a dollar nineteen in coins on the table, and he said, "This is a do- this is a pound nineteen. I am purchasing this item legally for a dollar nineteen. I'm walking out of the store because I have legally purchased this item, and <laughs> you cannot stop me because I have purchased it yeah. legally." And the lady's like, "We don't accept cash here." He's like, "There's the money. I'm leaving." You- All right, that was great. Uh, I want to change gears. First, is there a website or anyone can go to just in case we have people listening across the pond that can help yeah. you out? Yep. Yeah, it's it's www.accountclosed.org, accountclosed.org. And if people have had their bank accounts suspended or closed or had real difficulties with banks, please go on there, log it, and we're going to build a very powerful group. And let's prevent it from happening here. A quick question about uh, America, if you don't mind, Nigel. Uh, you've recently met with Vivek, mm, yeah. and I don't think there's anyone I – re- I don't know if there's anyone in the country – who knows more about this ESG and woke capitalism than the guy who literally wrote the book, Woke Inc., about it, Vivek. Um, yep. What do you think about uh, this, this gentleman? I've got to tell you, I'm seriously impressed by this man. Uh, he is in his middle 30s. He has quite a warm personality, quite a good sense of humor. Uh, he's been successful. Uh, he's identified this sort of terrible cancer, frankly, that's running through our houses where, you know, free speech and all these things are directly under threat through the ESG, woke. Oh, do we lose Nigel? At school. Go. Sorry, yeah, we got you. And, and you Vivek, just broke up for a second. Go ahead. All of it. Vivek gets all of it. So I'm, I'm very, very impressed by him. Should Trump pick him as his VP? Look, I think it's a bit early yet, but I mean, let's see what happens in Milwaukee in a couple of weeks' time. Let's see, let's see how Vivek uh, performs on the stage when he's mm-hmm. under pressure from the other candidates. Uh, but I do think, I do think the argument that a lot of American conservatism is really a bit dull, really a bit dry. I mean, you know, dear old Mitch McConnell, sort of, you know, stumbling and stopping the other day, <laughs> and. Uh, I, I, I just think he represents, I think Vivek represents 
a kind of conservatism for the future. Uh, you know, he believes in individual responsibility. He believes in freedom. He believes in entrepreneurship. Uh, I mean, he actually embodies many of the things, I think, that made America the greatest country in the world. So let's see how he performs. But I, I have to say, I do think if I were Donald Trump, I'd be watching this guy very, very closely. Last question for you, Nigel. What do you say to the woke who think that you are a bad person and they have no problem, no qualms in using these means to stop you and bad people like you? Well, all I would say to them is if they come for me today, who's to say in a couple of years' time they won't come for you? This should not be about whether we agree or disagree on political issues. This should be about the fundamental right in free societies to express ourselves, to, to offer our passions. Uh, and, 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 and for those uh, that want to close all of this down, for those that because they don't like you want to cancel you, well, frankly, you are the modern-day communists and fascists and think how that ended. Nigel Farage. What's the website, sir? Accountclosed.org. Beautiful. Keep up the, the wonderful work, Nigel. We're grateful for you. I'm American made. I got American parts. Thanks for listening to Breitbart News Daily. Uh, this, this whole weekend, I'm going to be thinking about Al Sharpton saying, Can you, could you imagine if Thomas Jefferson tried to overthrow the government. Could you imagine if that ever, it's like, Al, it's the only thing I imagine about Thomas Jefferson. I don't think of anything else about Thomas other than that one thing of him overthrowing the government. And I'm very grateful he didn't. Mike Slater, Breitbart News Daily. We'll see you on Monday. Spread the word. I want to apologize.